0: strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles oh, what a hit! he got jacked this is the big red Raid, presented by santan ford in gilbert
1: murray's gonna score touchdown slammed to the ground by Baker! like a torpedo he came flying into the backfield <laughs>
3: Over.
0: Here's Paul Calvisi. I'm ready.
3: I'm 100% ready. I'm telling you I'm ready. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't
2: get any better than that. Unleash the fury!
3: You know, as much as I despised Shakespeare in college as an English undergrad, I love a good Shakespearean tragedy in football, especially when it happens to the opponent. And that is why we are gathered here today for this very special Cardinals Folktales edition of the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Miracle in the Desert, that is the title of tonight's episode. As we hit the rewind button and go back into Cardinals history, all-time anecdotes. As we like to say, Cardinals Folktales, where you can't spell the word history without the word story. Paul Calvisi here. Darren Urban was there. Covered the game back in 2003. This is the rare game, Darren, where it was best remembered for what both teams did not get. The Vikings did not get a playoff berth. The Cardinals did not get the first pick in the draft. Talking about the season finale, 2003.
4: This is true. Uh, I hadn't really thought about it that, but, but you know, you going negative doesn't really surprise me that much, Paul. <laughs> Look, the real winner
3: was a team that wasn't in the game.
4: Yes, that's true. The Green Bay Packers got through the playoffs <laughs> because of that result. And they they did feel like winners that day. And Nate Poole can attest to that because yes. he ended up in Green Bay a week later at the yeah. playoff
3: game. Yes, absolutely. It's by far the highlight of Nate Poole's career. <laughs> yes. We're going to learn. In fact, you tell us. Since you, Where were you, by the way, for Nate Poole's shining moment? Were you still in the press box no, high atop no. Sun Devil Stadium? In those,
4: in those days, uh, all the reporters would gather in the corner – Uh, of the end zone. And we were down on the end of the field that the Cardinals scored upon. We were just on the other side. So we were down there in the, between the, the, the back line, the back of the goal line and about the 10 yard line, watching this unfold. Um, Couldn't see exactly, obviously because it was on the far sideline, the catch, but you could hear the crowd explode. I was down there when, uh, you know, Josh McCown was pleading to the official to give them the call when they were going to the replay. Uh, I remember that very distinctly because we were on the field by then. And uh, it it was just, it was an amazing end to what turned out to be Dave McGuinness's career as the head coach. uh, and, And obviously it was a springboard to them getting Larry Fitzgerald.
3: Yeah. There was a lot of change after this game going into the game though. I mean, what were the odds the Cardinals had a chance to really win a game when they hadn't won a game in nearly two months and the Vikings needed the game to clinch a playoff spot.
4: Well, the funny thing is, is not only did anybody think the Cardinals really had a chance, but even if they lost, it didn't look real good for them to get the number one overall pick. They needed a couple of bad teams to win. And uh, it, it ended up working out that way if they had, had lost. But then again, you know, the Vikings came in. I'm guessing they were a little overconfident. I don't know. I, I remember watching the game from the press box thinking to myself, They don't look like they're ready to put this team away. The Vikings don't look like they're ready to put the Cardinals away. And those Cardinal teams were not good, but they did give effort. And uh, you had a lot of guys out there playing for the first time or or very inexperienced, Josh McCown, Reggie Wells. I mean, you go down the list, and uh, they just didn't give up. Now, they needed some bounces there at the end for sure. Uh, but the fact they were even in shouting distance of the game never should have happened. We're
3: going to get a full recap here because it really is gripping. I mean, the first three quarters of the game, not so much, but it was 17-6 Vikings with under seven minutes to play. Then just after the two-minute warning, it's a one-score game. You need the onside kick. Neil Rackers, right, he was a master at making the ball do different things. He had that soccer background, and then things just got really crazy from there. I mean, with all due respect to a young Dave Pash behind the mic, it's the rare game where the truly memorable radio calls came from A, the losing team, and B, the team that really benefited two time zones away. <laughs> Who needed a Cardinals win more than the Cardinals did?
4: Yeah, there's definitely some memorable calls with all due respect to Dave. I don't know if, if he ranks in the top two there, but um, it, it was an amazing time. All the way around, just because of how it ended and and what it meant, and and just the memories of that game, and for Josh McCown and Nate Poole.
3: And we're going to hear how it all unfolded in real time at the time, 2003. Heck, it was a holiday season. And the Cardinals rock team Santa colors, right? Red, white, and black. So this was their own gift, their own parting gift to the home fans. And when we come back in this very special Cardinals Folktales edition of the Big Red Rage, we'll hear it for ourselves. Miracle in the Desert, presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. And welcome back into our special Cardinals Folktales edition of the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. We're hitting rewind into Cardinals history because remember, you can't spell the word history without the word story. And boy, do we have one from the final week of the regular season, 2003. Cardinals were hosting the Vikings. And the Cardinals had exactly nothing to play for beyond the number one pick, which they would secure with a loss. The 9-6 Vikings came in. Remember, they had started 6-0 that season, but their playoff hopes were on the line. They needed a win to secure a postseason berth. And the week before, they had already KO'd KC 45-20. That was a Kansas City team that went 13-3 and in 2003. So with that in mind, not many gave the Cardinals a chance. But as quarterback of the time, Josh McCown would say later, hey, you've been around Coach McGinnis. He can make any game feel like the Super Bowl. And that would be foreshadowing. Because Coach McGinnis, who was great with the media, also had a great comparison between the two receivers on the field that day who were college teammates once upon a time at Marshall. We'll hear that a little bit later. But the Cardinals were talking about Nate Poole. 36 career games in the NFL. He managed a total of 34 career catches and two touchdowns. But at the end of his brief time in the NFL, only one of those 34 receptions truly mattered. It got him a key to a city, It got him a personalized phone call from a mayor it got him a local tv commercial all in the city of green bay so with that as the background let's hit that rewind button to miracle in the desert it's the final week of 2003 the season finale that would end the year for two teams
2: Far side into the end zone, and the ball is put Touchdown,
5: Cardinals! An unbelievable turn of events, not here at Lambeau Field, but in the desert. You would have thought we won the Super Bowl. I mean, it was an unbelievable uh, moment. The Vikings are going home for the new year! You just don't lose like that. Nobody loses like that, let alone to Nathan Poole. And Nathan Poole's a good person to make that play. He deserves that.
2: Not one... Of the Minnesota Vikings are even moving right now.
6: You lose a game and it opens the door for your worst enemy.
2: The Packers not only make the playoffs, they're going to be hosted a game.
6: It was after as if the sun fell out of the sky. You know, it was a miserable day of existence. That time that
3: two teams played one game, that stop time in three cities was a Cardinals receiver in or out of bounds. Were the Vikings and Packers in or out of the playoffs? Who would be drafting 1, 2, and 3? All dictated by a
1: Cardinals win that some viewed as a loss. I think even the fans were like, man,
5: let's just get this season over and get the number one pick. Walk away with Eli Manning. There was something to play for there. They're, you know, they're playing for something. We can be playing for something, too.
7: He got flushed out to the right. I said, Oh. Here he comes. Into the end zone, McCown's pass. He got it! Oh, did did
2: he get it? In the end zone! It's a, <laughs> it's a It is a touchdown! Knock
6: Knocked me out of the number one pick, too, man. I'd probably been the first pick of the draft, man. They cost me. Nate Poole, man. I never forgive him for that. I tell him that all the time. Nathan Poole may become a, a
7: household name in Green Bay. This is Mayor Schmitz. I'd love to get you out to one of the games. I said, oh, no, I would love to come out.
0: He was given a key to the city of green bay and he got to go to their playoff game i'm sure he will have a lot of opportunities to go out in green bay if that is his desire he will have a lot of people who will take good care of him
3: to the winner goes the spoils that's after the cardinals took care of the vikings all right a big win but the big winner the packers Welcome into Cardinals Folktales, Miracle in the Desert, presented by 72 Soul, where we go in-depth into Cardinals history, all-time anecdotes, through the recollections and memories of those who lived it, or in my case, those who covered it. My name is Paul Calvisi, Cardinals sideline reporter. We're talking about that time when little-known Nate Poole got the key to a city while his own fan base lamented what it did not
1: get. People said, well, y'all... You know, you cost them the number one pick. The consolation was probably the greatest player in Cardinals history, and one of the greatest receivers of all time.
5: Looking back, like, do you feel bad for the Vikings?
0: Touchdown! No! Oh my God! I can't believe what just happened. The Cardinals have knocked the Vikings out of the playoffs.
3: One of the great calls, one of the great thrill of victory, agony of defeat moments in NFL history. Every bit as much Shakespearean tragedy as season finale. December 28, 2003, Cardinals playing for the number one pick with a loss, the Vikings playing for the postseason with a win or a Packers loss. Yet none of the above happened. Here's former head coach Dave McGinnis and quarterback, Josh McCown. We got to win a game and
8: we haven't won a game in seven weeks. I mean, we need to win a ball game. You know, I, there are a lot of people I know pulling
1: for us.
5: Obviously, Coach McGinnis was fantastic in front of the room. He was very captivating, and that was one of the things that that he talked about was just the ability to knock those guys off. You know, that they were coming in, they they had to beat us, and you know they were going to get into the playoffs, and so there was something to play for there. There, you know, it wasn't just a, a game where we we're going to roll the ball out there and get it over with and, and go home. He was like, man, this is. They're playing for something. We can be playing for something, too. In 2003,
3: it was a 16-game season. Cardinals entered the final week 3-12. The Vikings, after a 6-0 start, were 9-6, coming off a KO of KC the week before, a 45-20 drubbing of a Chiefs team that would finish 13-3. So all the Vikings had to do, what everyone expected them to do, Polish off a reeling Cardinals team with a quarterback making his third career start, a coach about to be fired, and the NFL's all-time leading rusher getting peppered about his own future
8: on Christmas Eve. I mean, who knows? We can play hypothetical all day. If Mac is here, great. But if he's not here, people coming in, what their plans are, what their ideas, and what they thought. So I got to, I got to win on all that. So you asking me to make an answer to something that I don't have all the information to? That's stupid. I'm not Can that stupid. Can I change the
6: subject? Your yeah, please.
8: Somebody change the subject, please. But well,
2: tomorrow will be Christmas.
3: Thank
8: you. <laughs> How about the spirit of jolliness
3: yeah. and happiness? That's former Cardinals running back and Hall of Famer, Emmett Smith. And hey, no doubt what would make the Red Sea jolly and happy, the number one overall pick under their tree. Here's voice of the Cardinals, Dave Pash,
1: who was in his second season in 03. When you endure that long of a season and you're calling games for a team that's losing a lot of games, the one thing is, okay, you got a chance to get a franchise changing quarterback. Let's just get through this and get to that draft. Get your guy, enjoy the next 10 years and a couple Super Bowls.
5: Like that whole year, you grow up fast in this business and you go, wait, they're going to fire these coaches. Wait a minute. They could draft a new quarterback. Like, you know, like I was just the quarterback of the future two days ago. You know, all these things, you, you grow up really fast.
3: That's Cardinals QB Josh McCown, the third-round pick the year before, who earned the final three starts of that 3 season and tried to channel the confidence that his head coach Dave McGinnis showed in him against NFC North leading Minnesota.
5: I think when you look at their roster, uh, when they're coming out to us with everything to play for, I think it was a tall task. Uh, so looking at that going, yeah, we're going to beat the Minnesota Vikings. I, you know, realistically, I don't know if that was, you know, if that was an easy sell for coach, but he did a good job of framing that for us. And, and, uh, and I think he was, you know, benefited from a young quarterback who didn't know any better and just was going to go out and play the game. It's the Cardinals and
1: Vikings from Tempe, Arizona, Sun Devil Stadium.
3: Not a lot of action for the announcers to call on a 51-degree day, a virtual snooze fest. 6-0 at halftime, 7-6 entering the fourth quarter when Randy Moss scores on a seven-yard pass.
1: A lot closer than many thought it would be, especially with a playoff spot on the line. If the Vikings win, they clinch their division. If they lose and Green Bay wins, they're out of the playoffs.
3: Then, just over two minutes later, A 46-yard field goal makes it 17-6 Vikings with 6.48 to play. But hang on. On the first play after the two-minute warning.
1: McCown takes play fake, rolls to his right. McCown in trouble, flushed out, throws end zone, and going
2: down to make the catch for a touchdown to Steve Bush. Steve Bush with a touchdown improv job by Josh McCown.
3: A 14-play touchdown drive bought the two-point conversion failed, so it's 17-12 Vikings. A score echoed on the Packers' broadcast. Here's
2: 620 Milwaukee
1: Minnesota leading 17-12. Remember, the only way the Packers can make the playoffs now is if Minnesota loses this football game. Somehow, some way.
3: That's the radio call at Lambeau. Wayne Larrabee and Larry McCarran paying close attention nearly 2,000 miles away in Green Bay.
1: Cardinals are going to try to recover an onside kick to perhaps give us a little bit more time to broadcast.
6: Luckily, that day I wasn't demolition, I was recovery. And, you know, Josh Gobi and company went in there, you know, blasting guys and right place
3: right time that's former cardinals running back damian anderson and that's the recipe the mentality for a successful onside kick cuz that's exactly what the cardinals needed good news the cards have just picked up one of the best in the business in neil rackers
5: so 154 to play neil rackers is very good with the onside kick we were all standing there you know waiting because that was we knew that that, that was the next piece you know you had to get that to to, to keep the ball game going and, uh, you know, Neil hits a perfect ball. And, I mean, it was just how you drew it up, you know. And Damian comes up with it. Rackers with the onside kick far side. And it bounces in the air. And the Cardinals have it at the
1: 42. Damian Anderson comes up with it on the redirection. And the Cards have a chance with 1.54 to play. The Arizona Cardinals tried an onside kick. And, Larry, lo and behold, they recovered it with a minute 54 to go in that football game in the desert. And the Vikings leading 17-12. to 12.
7: Well, I'm going to shut up about
1: this last game stuff, then. Maybe they no, do no, have no. a miracle.
0: Keep talking about it. You may be jinxing us into something good here.
1: Maybe that miracle can't happen.
0: You get to that onside kick, and now all of a sudden all bets are off. I mean, anything can happen against anybody, anytime, and, and as we know it did.
3: That's longtime voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen. More from him later, much more. So, Cardinals had the ball back. 154 left 61 yards to go needing a touchdown with one timeout after a 30-yard pass interference and a 13-yard completion to nate pool the cardinals reach the minnesota nine with 39 seconds
1: to go meanwhile out in the desert arizona getting a little bit closer you know people are aware of this because you could hear a buzz in the crowd there is
3: definitely everyone is out of their seats in three different states when Josh McCown is put on his seat two straight plays.
1: Quick drop for McCown, looking left. Pump and McCown sacked back at the 17-yard line. McCown
5: flushed out, running near side, lost the ball. It's loose, and the Cardinals able to pounce on it at the 28. Emmett has a presence of mind to go, Josh, get up, get up, we gotta get the ball snapped. We gotta, we timeout timeouts, we gotta go. So we get the play call, and then, you know, and then we, you know, fortunately get the ball snapped.
6: You knew that was Josh's skill set, like, call a play that works for him, you know, get him out, you know, get him out in some space so he'll have a multitude of options. The
1: clock running down, under 15 seconds left, it's 4th down and 24. And it's
3: going to come down to this, they got to throw it into the end zone. This is it, 4th down, 4th and 25 from the 28. The Packers and Vikings playoff hopes, hanging in the balance. Once again, voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen.
0: There was worry and anxiety and teeth gnashing every step of the way.
1: Hey, Green Bay, you still watching? You betcha. And they're winding it down in Arizona. This is last gasp, fourth and 24, back outside the
5: 25.
1: And here we go. Eight seconds, seven, six, five, four. McCown with the ball. This will be the last play. McCown steps up,
7: rolling far side. Just so happened he got flushed. He got flushed out to the right. I said, oh, here he comes!"
2: McCown throwing far side into the end zone, and the ball is caught. Touchdown, Cardinals. They pull, and the Cardinals win the game on the final play. And the Vikings are going home for the new
7: year. Josh, man, you know, the whole time he's running, he's rolling, he's pointing to the right. I'm inside. I know he's about to throw it over there, and the defender, he had no clue. He had no clue.
2: What? great throw by Josh McCown. He threw it up where only Nate Poole could get it and he did it.
7: I felt
5: like it was just there was a connection for us you know and so boom there he is and then the ball came out uh and he makes an unbelievable catch.
2: The Cardinals win it on the final play. Josh McCown finds Nate Poole in the back of the end zone on the far side.
5: You would have thought we won the Super Bowl and uh I mean, it was an unbelievable uh, moment, and uh, and it meant a lot to those guys out there.
3: But it meant even more to Nate Poole, the guy who'd been cut four times, and then he cut loose against the visiting Vikings fans who had populated and dominated Sun Devil Stadium. Trash talk in
7: 3-2-1. Take y'all ass home. Don't come back here. And next year, y'all get the same thing.
3: Nate Poole, the living embodiment of the ups and downs of an NFL game. He was something fired up while those Viking fans couldn't have been more let down. Remember, Nate Poole was a player who was always in prove-it mode, always existing on the edge of the roster. So he played with an edge. We heard it right there. And it's amazing when you look back how that one catch, that one toe-tapping catch that proved to be a game winner, how it set off a domino effect, a whole litany of changes that altered the history of not only the Cardinals, but basically all the teams atop that 2004 draft. Franchise quarterbacks going to different teams, the Cardinals getting themselves a Hall of Famer as well, who might have gone number one overall if the Cardinals were in that position, but they weren't. And the changes even extended to the rule book years later. We'll get to that when we come back. And don't forget, Nate Poole was not just a celebrity in Arizona, he was the toast of the town in Green Bay. And we'll relive all that when we come back to this very special Cardinals Folktales edition of the Big Red Rage Miracle in the Desert, presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. It's our special Cardinals Folktales edition of the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. This is where we go into Cardinals history, go into the archives, can't spell the word history without the word story, and we're talking about the final game of the 2003 season. My name is Paul Calvisi, and we started by saying remember that one time, that one game played by two teams in 2003, that stopped time in three different NFL cities. Remember Nate Poole, Cardinals receiver, and was he in or out of bounds? We posed that question. Well, he was most definitely inbounds, and the Vikings were most definitely out of the playoffs, and the Cardinals were out of the top pick in the draft. We'll get to that. But remember, when it comes to the Vikings, you're talking about a team that not only started 6-0 and was on the verge of the playoffs, but that season, the four worst teams in the league with the Giants, the Raiders, the Chargers, and the Cardinals. Each team finished 4-12. Each one of those teams beat the Vikings. So you can imagine the angst on the Minnesota side. In fact, their radio announcer, the voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen, became a meme before there even were memes in social media. And that's where we rejoin this edition of Cardinals Folktales: Miracle in the Desert and former Cardinals quarterback Josh McCown, who years later had empathy for the Vikings.
5: Looking back, like, you feel bad for the Vikings? Because they were right there on the cusp, and to lose that way, uh, man, that's bitter.
3: Nate Poole's game-winning, playoff-busting, last-second, fourth-down touchdown catch was one of his two, two two-career touchdowns leaving the Vikings on the outside of the playoff picture looking in as radio voice Paul Allen and company were left in a state of utter disbelief.
0: People were just staring longingly on the team bus to the airport. Nobody knew what to say, and they were just downtrodden, and you just don't lose like that. Nobody loses like that, let alone to Nathan Poole, not Anquan Bolden. So, I mean, now as we connect the dots, you know, of of the entire thing over 20 years, it hits me so vividly because of, of how emotional it was at that moment.
2: The season's on the line. Two receivers left and right. McCown takes the snap. He steps up. He's all by himself. Fires into the end zone. Touch! Touchdown! No! No! The Cardinals have knocked the Vikings out of the playoffs.
0: The previous owner of the team, Red McCombs, hated that call. Uh, he didn't let me know, but he let others know. Some vice presidents here, so you know, I had some conversations with some vice presidents, and I'm like, you know, you don't script moments like that, and that's what came out. So I had to deal with that very young in my career. I understand where Paul's
1: coming from. You get invested in the team; it's your team, and I thought Paul handled it perfectly. Some people might say, ah, it's not professional, but that's how the fans feeling.
0: No. Are you kidding, right? That was Paul's reaction. One thing I remember about the call is I looked to my left where the coaches were and our linebackers coach at that time, Pete Bursich, he could hear me through the glass yelling, no, 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 no. And then I came down, the Cardinals have knocked the Vikings out of the playoffs.
2: The Cardinals have knocked the Vikings out of the playoffs.
0: The way he looked at me, It was not anger at me. It was one of two things. Oh my God, I can't believe what just happened. Oh my God, that check that I was going to get for a playoff bonus, it just went up into the Tempe sky.
3: From Minnesota fans saying, you sunk my Viking ship, just the sheer agony of it all, to the utter ecstasy of Cheesehead Nation listening on the Packers radio network and here we go this is it the season for the Packers on the
2: line into the end zone McCown's pass he got it he did he oh, it! in the end zone it's a, game! Game! It's a touchdown yes! it is a touchdown it is a touchdown the Cardinals unbelievable
3: complete bed from Wayne Larity and Larry McCarron reacting to a game they're not even calling just watching from 2,000 miles away
2: the biggest miracle on the Packers sideline erupts the Packers sideline finally realizes it erupts on the final play of the regular season for the Vikings they lose 18-17 to the Packers not only make the playoffs they're going to be hosted a game
3: true Brett Favre and the Packers would host the Seahawks at Lambeau to open the playoffs Later, Dave McGinnis shared with the media that Packers coach Mike Sherman and GM Mark Hadley called him and said, quote, you're a bleeping king here in Green Bay. Thing is, back in Tempe, speaking of Coach Mack, different emotions, a different reality started to set in as the Cardinals locker room grew quiet, almost somber.
8: all that we've been through, we never quit on each other. It was a constant, constant reminder of what character I've got in this room. I've never been afraid to tell you that I love you.
5: It was somber and it's very sobering. You're just like, man, back to reality. This is what we're faced with. and. Uh, He was genuine with his words and, you know, and how he cared about guys, and so I think he understood in that moment that that was probably, you know, the last time or one of the last times he was going to address us as a group.
8: I've never been afraid to open myself to you, because you've got my heart. You've got my heart.
5: You know, it's a roller coaster, really, because you were just as high as it gets, you know, for. 15, 20 minutes there celebrating and enjoying one another. And then, you know, the business sets in.
8: When Nate Poole gave me this ball that he caught, what did I tell you last night? I cut this man four times. I cut him four times. And every time I did, he stood up in my office and hugged me and said, Mac, if you need me, I'll be back. Because you're the only man I want to play for. And that's the way I know that all of you feel right now.
7: It was real emotional and it was like, you know, your, your last family hug, you know, and, and, and you know, and it, it hurt because we know, he, you know, he's a players coach and he loved the players. He wants the players to do, do you know, to, to excel, to be really great.
8: You know what I feel for you. You know what I feel for you. This was a tremendous, tremendous demonstration of men that not only love each other, but believe, believe believe
7: you know most of us felt like we let Dave down because you know we didn't come up on the winning side of a lot of these games to keep him around
8: I'll never ever give up on you I love you thank you
3: on the very next day with a 4-12 season in the books Cardinals head coach Dave McGinnis was indeed fired Vikings head coach Mike Tice survived despite the Vikings collapse after that 6-0 and start As for the Packers, the party was just starting and Nate Poole's celebrity was growing.
8: Nathan
2: Poole, of all people, how about that? Nathan Poole may become a a household name in Green Bay.
0: It was an amazing play, but, you know, like I say about Nathan, and I'm not being disparaging here. But that was his 15 minutes of fame. And then, of course, the next week he was given a key to the city of Green Bay and he got to go to their playoff game.
3: And that is accurate. Nate Poole, who going into the season finale had eight catches all season and no touchdowns, was now Packers royalty to the point where he got a call from the mayor of Green Bay.
7: So Mayor Schmitz gave me a call and and I was like, oh, here we go. Uh, stop calling my phone because I'm thinking it's a player and I'm thinking he's going to call that player's going to call me back and say man dude what are you doing then I got to call right back it was the same number and I'm like okay hey how you doing this is Nate Poole and he was like hey Nate no this is not a joke this is Mel Schmitz I love to get you out to, and he's speed talking I love to get you out to one of the games I said, oh, no, I would love to come out.
3: And that's not the only call he got that week. On the Big Red Rage radio show with host Dave Pash. a Packers fan dialed in from the Midwest. Line two, Dave.
1: Mary Jo. Mary Jo, welcome to the Big Red Rage. Go ahead. Hey,
0: Hey, guys. Thanks a lot. I was just calling to wish
2: Nate a wonderful time in Green Bay and to give him a huge thank you.
0: Uh, since the Vikings started off 6-0 and this year, I've been taking a lot of grief or getting a lot of grief from my friends who are Viking fans. And I would roll my eyes and just say, oh, you know, won't you ever learn? The Vikings will find some way to implode again this year. And sweet revenge. Um, it has been a wonderful couple of days, and I just want to offer a great big thank you.
1: Hey, Mary Jo, how about taking Nate out to dinner when he gets up there?
0: I'm sure he will have a lot of opportunities to go out in Green Bay. If that is his desire, he will have a lot of people who will take good care of him.
3: (laughs) Nate Poole laughed all the way to Green Bay. An all-expense-paid trip in January on the Taxpayers tab. As the undrafted receiver from Marshall became a Grand Marshal of sorts. But... Don't forget about the other end of that touchdown pass. QB, Josh McCown.
5: You know, they fly Nate up to, to Green Bay and they give him the key to city or whatever they did. And they're sending us, we were getting Christmas cards from Green Bay fans. that It was their family Christmas card. And, you know, it would, you know, scratched out Merry Christmas and thank you for beating the Vikings. Go, Pat, go. and And... We got loads of Christmas cards mailed to the house. Uh, the Sargento family sent the, the best cheese basket you've ever seen in your life.
3: That was 2003. But even to this day, when he's out and about, Josh McCown gets reaction from both school Nation
5: and America's Dairyland. Walking through an airport or whatever, And there will be, you know, a disgruntled Vikings fan and, hey, you, you know, you owe me, you know, type of thing. Or it'll be a Packers fan that'll be like, thank you for getting us in the playoffs that year. You know, we owe you.
6: I was at home back in Minneapolis watching that game and I did not like Nate Poole because I thought I had a chance to be the number one pick. And I used to always mess with Nate.
3: That's Minnesota native Larry Fitzgerald, not only a former Vikings ball boy and their number one fan at the time, but Fitz might have been the number one pick overall in the NFL draft.
7: Me and Larry had that conversation, believe me, that uh, he would have been the number one overall pick. We're talking in the receiver room before the meetings about being the, him being the number one pick. You know, as I think back to what his signing bonus was, uh, he didn't do too bad at the number three pick.
5: People said, well, y'all, you know, you're costing the number one pick, and and I go back and go, you know, I don't think Coach Green would have, I think he would have picked Larry. He was going to pick Larry, um, and uh, it turned out really good for Larry, and and, and ultimately for the Arizona Cardinals, too. He helped lead that franchise, uh, you know, through a lot of things uh, to to become a, you know, a competitive franchise and, and, you know, to really what they are today. Walking away from that with mixed
1: emotions of, wow, what a way to win a game, but also, oh my goodness. There goes the quarterback of the future. There goes Eli. Yep, Cardinals won the game but
3: lost the number one pick, which ended up being Ole Miss quarterback Eli Manning. We'll never know who new head coach Denny Green would have picked for the Cardinals, or do we? Larry Fitzgerald says at number one, he still would have been the Cardinal
6: selection. Then he said I would have been. He, that's what he told me. He told me I would have been. Uh, but you know what? It all worked its way out. I was able to still get here and, and play for him. I know we didn't have the success I'd love to have for him. You know, he gave me my my first two jobs I ever had as a ball boy and then as a professional athlete. And so I uh, I owe him a huge debt of gratitude. And I'm just so very thankful for you know the doors he opened for me and my family. Touchdown,
7: Cardinals! Nate Poole, and the Cardinals win the game on the final play! I brought my hard head to practice and the games every day, and I knew, you know, that's what it was about, It's growing up as a youngster. That's what it was about, you know, bringing your hard hat and working out and just pushing to uh, make the team.
1: You know coaches say, run every route as if it's your last. Well, Nate Poole really did it, but it was, like, comical. Like, he went so hard. So it was pretty cool to see a guy that worked that hard have one of the biggest plays of the season, not just for the Cardinals, but for the entire league.
7: I got to tell people, hey, you you can only do it one play at a time. I got you on that play.
3: (laughs) And needless to say, it's the play in Nate Poole's career, one of the most dramatic and consequential plays
5: in NFL history.
2: The Cardinals have knocked the Vikings out of the playoffs.
5: Nate Poole's a good person. Yeah, he's, he's a great person to be around. And You look back at that, and that's a special moment for me in my career as well. So, uh, But it couldn't happen to a better guy. Nate's a good dude.
3: Yeah, who says good dudes finish last, right? In fact, as Dave McGinnis said back then with a smile to the media quote, there were two receivers on the field from Marshall that day. They had Randy Moss. We had Nathan Poole. So there you have it. Cardinals Folktales, Miracle in the Desert presented by 72Soul. For producer Jim Omohundro, I'm Paul Calvisi. And that's the story of how an unknown receiver won that day, but a Hall of Fame receiver was on his way.
1: The consolation was probably the greatest player in Cardinals history and one of the greatest receivers of all time. With the uh,
0: third choice in the 2004 NFL Draft, the Arizona Cardinals select. Larry Fitzgerald, wide receiver, University of Pittsburgh.
3: That was the Red Sea Cardinals fans at the official draft party. 2004 welcoming larry fitzgerald to the valley quite a departure from the climate a few months earlier when many cardinals fans viewed the win against the vikings as a loss because the cardinals lost out on the number one pick overall and ostensibly a franchise quarterback which eventually was eli manning as the top overall pick but that wasn't the only change in the nfl a few years after that the force out rule would be eliminated and one of the main examples cited was nate pool who only had one foot down in the end zone on that game-winning playoff busting touchdown catch that eliminated the vikings when we come back darren urban would the cardinals have taken a quarterback number one overall would it still have been larry fitzgerald we'll get darren's perspective when we come back to this very special Cardinals Folktales edition of the Big Red Rage, Miracle in the Desert, presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. And we're wrapping up this very special Cardinals Folktales edition of the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Paul Calvisi joined by Darren Irvin. Darren Urban covered the game miracle in the desert is the title of this Cardinals folktales where we're going to the archives and some great, rarely heard audio that our Jim Omohundro found both from the green Bay radio broadcast. Also some of the audio we heard from Larry Fitzgerald and coach McGinnis, Josh McCown, all talking about not only the end of the game, but the start of a new era of Cardinals football in so many different ways. In fact, Let's start right there, Darren. Because what if, what if the Cardinals had lost that game? What if they had picked number one overall? Would they still have picked Larry Fitzgerald, or would they have gone franchise quarterback?
4: You know, if uh, I I think they end up taking Larry Fitzgerald because I think Denny Green wanted Larry Fitzgerald on his team. You know, I I remember so vividly uh, in the month leading up to the draft. Denny Denny wasn't like a lot of coaches. There were often times when he was uh, he, he he said more than maybe <laughs> than maybe he should. Um, and I remember in those days I was covering the team for the East Valley Tribune. I had come out to a uh, a day in the off season, sometime in April, and I was the only writer here and the only other, A media member who was showing up was Brad Sesmat, who was working for one of the local stations that day. And he had an interview, apparently, scheduled with Denny Green. And all they did was bring Denny Green down to the media area, and then they just had a camera, and they were sitting there, and they're having it. So, as a media member, I'm going to listen to the interview and take what I can get from it.
3: Hey, nobody told you you couldn't?
4: So... Denny Green uh, is talking about, and you have to remember again the the draft with Ben Roethlisberger and Eli Manning and Phillip Rivers; those are all available uh, when the Cardinals picking third. Um, and at this point, the Cardinals quarterback was Josh McCown, probably, and there were questions about Josh and whether he was going to, uh, you know, and and Denny loved Josh; he would talk him up all the time. And at one point, Denny Green said. We're not going to take a quarterback third overall. Well, as a reporter, I had that. And this day, this is pre-internet. So I had a big banner headline the next day. Obviously the other paper in town didn't have the story. So the next day I came back. There were other writers here. Ken Summer showed up, Bob Baum from the Associated Press. They're and they get Denny Green to come down and talk. And they're trying to get him to say the same thing again, and he won't do it. And finally, Bob Baum says to him kind of half-jokingly, we're trying to get you to say what you told Darren yesterday. (laughs) And Denny looked at him and he goes, that was yesterday. Today is today.
3: (laughs) I tell you, though, that was back in the days, and we just talked about this, where a quarterback wouldn't always go number one. Right. And we knew Denny's affinity for Larry Fitzgerald, his former ball boy, by the way, in Minnesota. So he knew Larry better than anyone. And Fitz, as it came to be, once he did get drafted, he showed up in the Cardinals locker room and there was Nate Poole. Nate Poole heard it from Larry that that he cost him the number one pick
4: overall. Oh, yeah. And and look, it's not like the Cardinals made a poor pick by any stretch of the imagination. (laughs) But you do wonder a little bit what, Okay, Eli Manning went number one and then Robert Gallery went number two. But you wonder a little bit if they didn't take Fitz and they take Ben Roethlisberger or they take Philip Rivers. How different does life with the Cardinals hap- you know, happen? Now, the Cardinals make the 2008 Super Bowl because they get Kurt Warner, who has his career renaissance, throwing to Anquan Bolden and a very, very good Larry Fitzgerald. And the Cardinals don't make the Super Bowl unless Larry has arguably the greatest perform- postseason performance of any wide receiver ever. So,
3: And guess what? Kurt Warner doesn't end with the Cardinals if Eli Manning doesn't end up with the Giants. Also
4: true. So, who, although Eli wasn't drafted by the Giants, he was drafted by the yeah, Chargers, and they true. had to make the trade for Phillip Rivers. That is there, true. Was a, there was a lot of intrigue with that no, draft. Yeah,
3: there's no doubt. Look, Nate Poole didn't have much of a career after that. No. Always remembered for what he did for the Green Bay Packers. Got the all-expenses-paid trip in January to Green Bay, gladly because he got a key to the city and everything else. But they ended up changing the force-out rule. In yes. large part because of how that went down in the end zone at Sun Devil Stadium.
4: Yeah, no question that it was a force-out play, and now now you have to get feet down, and if a guy pushes you out of bounds, you're, that that touchdown does not count in today's NFL.
3: So many memorable moments and memorable radio calls from that game. One of the great historic moments in Cardinals history, and it's been a pleasure reliving it, no doubt about it. Miracle in the desert cardinals folk tale. special thanks to our jim omohandro for darren urban i'm paul calvisi once again an emmy award-winning series you can find on the cardinals youtube page one of many and it's been a pleasure telling you about it here on the big red rage presented by santan ford in gilbert